May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you spend as much time around church circles as I do, the past few weeks have been filled with talk and a couple of giggles about how the fact that Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day fall on the same day this year. Through the church Facebook groups, there have been jokes and memes, images of those little candy hearts that normally have like, I love you on them, but instead they've been changed to read like dust to the number two dust on them. Jokes about making the sign of the cross in the shape of a heart on people's foreheads when they come to receive ashes. There have even been a couple of articles, I'm not sure whether they were really serious or not, encouraging churchgoers to consider moving Valentine's Day like a night or two early because by doing that, not only would they be allowed to observe the great fast of Ash Wednesday, but the wait time in restaurants will be much shorter on February 13th rather than February 14th. And so a lot of kind of ribbing and back and forth and conversations about what do you do when this great observance of the church that focuses on our mortality and sinfulness and death falls on the same day of Valentine's Day, which is focused on romantic love and, and marriage and flowers and candy. But when we really think about it, I think it makes perfect sense for these two things to fall together, because when we really look at it closely, we find that both of these observances are about love. Today, Valentine's Day is about rushing to the store to buy cards and candies and flowers. If you are unmarried and single, it might be the rush to try to find a date to go stand in line at that restaurant to wait for a table. It is a day in celebration, certainly of romantic love, though we see it in its sweetness forms perhaps when little kids at school exchange those little pre-done Valentine Day cards with whatever superhero or comic that might be popular at the time. But there's a darker history to St. Valentine who lends his name to this observance. Valentine probably was more than one person that sort of got squished together to become Saint Valentine to be observed in the church. But we know that there was at least a real man named Valentine who was a priest in the early church during the time of Ro Roman persecution of Christians. The Romans prohibited young people from getting married because single soldiers did better at fighting and going off to war when they didn't have a wife and family at home. Valentine, in defiance of the Roman law, continued to join young couples in the sacrament of Christian marriage. When he was finally caught, he was thrown in prison, and just to make sure that they did it right, he was sentenced to death by three ways beating, I think maybe hanging, and then beheading. 
The real Valentine who lends his name to our sweet little holiday reminds us that as people of faith, there may come a time when you have to give up everything for what you believe in. Valentine, empowered by the Holy Spirit, lifted up in God's love, stood against the very power of Roman prosecution to join people together in a sacrament of God. But that story certainly doesn't fit well with little fat cherub angels and Hallmark cards, so we're sort of happy to clean it up and make it look a little different. The real story of St. Valentine shows us the contrast between our popular culture's notion of love, that sweet and sappy sort of puppy dog love, a love that is perhaps fleeting and something that we have to chase after. Valentine endured his suffering and death not for this shallow sort of love, but for the deeper love of God and Jesus Christ. At our convention this past weekend, Bishop Rob Wright of the Diocese of Alabama was our keynote speaker. It's available on our website if you want to hear his whole address. I commend it to you. But as part of his address, he drew our attention to a familiar offertory sentence. We, we use it here at Christ Church every Sunday, right when we move from the liturgy of the announcements and the birthdays as we're preparing to either come together to share Holy Communion or come together to share our prayers as the people of God. I will say, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. It's from Ephesians, if you ever wondered where that came from. Bishop Wright reflected on this offertory and what this love that we walk in is all about. And he pointed out it's not a sweet, sappy sort of love, but it is the most durable substance in the universe. And that when, according to Bishop Wright, we say to walk in love, we mean we are to walk in love and be surrounded by God's love. To walk in love, to walk in God's love, is to be in something that has no bottom, something that is infinite. My favorite line from Bishop Wright is that something that is encompassing, so elastic is God's love that even when we fall, we don't break, we bounce. Bishop Wright goes on to talk about that even when we are done with our life here on earth, God's love is forever and ever and ever and ever. And he even looked at a group of Episcopalians and double dog dared us to turn to that last book in the Bible of Revelations to see that hate and division lose and that love wins. And that it's this durable sort of love that fueled Valentine to marry young couples in defiance of Roman power. And it is this durable sort of love that sends you and me to the places that appear to be loveless for Christ's sake. This is the love that comforted the martyrs of the early church and that today gives us strength and courage to follow in the footsteps of Jesus 
And it's this bottomless, infinite love that brings us here on Ash Wednesday. In a world that demands perfection every day, this is a day that, at least for me, I don't have to be perfect. With each passing generation, we seem to be more concerned about our appearance online, grades, money, status, even the smallest little kids, you give them a cell phone and they know how to take a selfie. We edit our photos, we doctor them up, we carefully select and curate what we say to people or what we put online, who our friends are, all so that we appear to be living the life that everybody is supposed to want. But we discover soon enough that this public facade is just that. It's a thin veneer that covers up the normalcy of all of our lives that hides our difficulties or failures or heartbreak or sadness, sometimes that covers up our real loneliness and yearning for other people. In January of 2018, in England, they appointed a minister for loneliness. I can think of nothing more British, but someone tasked to address the increasing disconnection, loneliness, and depression that people are feeling. To this life that we lead, to me, Ash Wednesday is truly a gift of love from God. Here we come to a day that we can stand in our community and say clearly, and simply, we are not perfect. We have messed up. We have hurt ourselves and each other. We have been mean. We have been cruel. We have been unjust. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not loved God as we are supposed to. We can lay all that out and all that pretended perfection that we tried to carry around finally gets to get laid down in a heap of ashes. Today we are reminded that we are not alone, especially when it comes to our falling short. And we join with the community of the faithful to name our sins, to mark crosses on our forehead, and to begin our journey of repentance. All of our readings today remind us that we are not to turn this into another show. This isn't about the world seeing how well you and I are at being penitent. Jesus warns us, don't make a show of it. Ash Wednesday is about God. It is about taking that first step yet again to remove the stumbling blocks in our lives that keep us separated from God's love. The Lord that meets us here in ashes is the same Lord that meets us in the waters of baptism, in the anointing of oil, and in the breaking of bread. We remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But we also remember that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy, that for as the heavens are high above the earth, so is the Lord's mercy great upon those who fear him. 
And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he already removed our sins from us, if we're just willing to let them go. And that is the gift that we receive today, that we get to rest in God's love, bottomless, infinite, and strong, and that though we fall, God will not let us break. And as we begin this Lenten journey, as we seek out those weak points in our lives to let God's love in, we know that the healing, redeeming love of Easter is already breaking into the world. Amen.